Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Jen A. I reside here in Colorado, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, June 24th, 2022, and it's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in the chapter titled Bill's Story on page 11. We're reading from the fifth paragraph. Head down with me to the bottom of the page. It begins with, that floored me, and it ends with, he shouted great tidings. So today's readers, Team Friday, we have Tenzin P, Lauren N, and then our readers are Darlene H, Janice PM, and Vanita L. The newcomer greeter for uh, right in between the first hour and the second hour is Jason K, and our lovely second hour moderator is Miss Barbara P. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, June 23rd, 2022, are the following. For a 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording, we have 19,100. That's 19100. And the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Big Book Study recording is 19,101. Hmm. So that's 19, that's 19101. All right, here's the OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. So OA's fifth tradition states that each group has but one primary purpose. We're to carry the message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. And here at A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. So I will now ask Tenzin P to read the 12 steps. Good morning to you, Tenzin. Good morning, Jen and everyone. Uh, Tenzin P, checking in from New York City. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. Number one, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible 
except one to do so would injure them or others. 10, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you very much. Thanks for your service, Tenzin P. I'll now ask Lauren N. to read the 12 traditions. Hey there, Lauren, go right ahead. Good morning, Lauren N. Uh, 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends on OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive, the compulsive over. Lauren, I think we've lost you. You're on five. Sorry, a little guy was talking okay. to me. Go um, right ahead. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, the every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, uh, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and public media of communications. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And thank you very much, and I pass. Awesome. Thanks so much, Lauren N. Well, folks, this is how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We're going to read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we'll stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we do ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and the literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our absence requirements for moderators is one year, 
and for readers of six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. So to share, you'll press star one to unmute your phone. And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone again. So in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we resume our study. We're in chapter one, Bill's story. Uh, page 11 in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the fifth paragraph. All the way to the bottom, starts with that's floored me and I will ask Darlene H to begin reading for us today. Good morning, Darlene. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. My name is Darlene H, recovered compulsive reader from Georgia. That floored me. I began. It began to look as though religious people were right after all. Here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. My ideas about miracles were drastically revised right then. Never mind the musty past. Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. He shouted great tidings. Um, so this reading, of course we're reading Bill's story and Bill's experience, but it made me think about the first time I ever walked into a big book step study meeting. Um, it had such an impression upon me. I guess it was back in 2004 or three. I had been in OA. I guess it was 2003. I had been in OA since 2000. And I walked into a room on a Saturday morning. It was 9 o'clock. It was filled with 125 people. They were all dressed and bright-eyed. And there was something different about this group of people that I had never seen before. And it was very attractive to me. And that began, began my journey in the big book. This reading also makes me think about um, we agnostics and the realization when I read in there about, and I'm, I'm no, no uh, I don't have good memory, but when I read about in there how I'm judgmental against religious people, which was true, very true, always watching what people were doing or people, what they were saying versus what they were doing and sitting back in judgment and telling myself that wasn't for me, that belief wasn't for me. When, when I read in We Agnostics, it basically tells me those people who have had those beliefs or those traditions or routines or whatever, they actually had structure and happiness to their life. How was it working for me? And it wasn't. And so this last time that I, I worked the 12 steps in earnestness, I worked it um, with the, the idea in mind that I was just going to seek, seek, seek work for that relationship with a power greater than me. This is not my first time being recovered. And I could never sustain it because I couldn't sustain. I didn't have a white light experience. I have a slow growing experience, but I can't sustain it if I don't work it. So today, I work 10, 11, and 12 as if my life depends on it. I look for every opportunity to seek God, whether it's in exercise or reading or whatever, but t taking that time and, and voila, I'm seeing God everywhere. It's pretty amazing. So with that, I think I'm done and I pass. Thanks for letting me share. Awesome. Thank you so much, Darlene H., for 
starting us off this morning in Bill's story. Now, we do value everyone's experience. We do ask that you limit your share to every third day. Um, that way, others can share their experience also. So, who would like to share on what was read today? If you'll give me your first, day, first name, first initial of your last name, and the state when you uh, get up to read, that would be great. Go right ahead. Wanda R. Wanda R. Wanda R. Wanda R. Wanda R. Wanda R. Wanda and I've got Vanita. Elena C. Rita K. Julia R. Dara L. And Rita. All right, folks. What a group. You guys are all excited to share. I'm so excited because you're excited. Now, if you'll press star one and mute again, I'm going to tell you who I heard. And if I didn't hear you, um, please feel free to give your name another shout um, The next uh, the next group of people. Okay, so here's what we have. Adrian. Wanda, Christina, Golda, Vanita, Elena, and Rita. You'll have to give me the first initial of your last name and where you're calling from so folks can find you in the directory if they choose to do so. Adrian, go right ahead. Good morning. This is Adrian Annas and Nancy from uh, South Florida. And I'm out walking, so please time me. I... Um, I was very much, you know, like prejudiced against religion. I felt that I was uh, religiously abused. And as a kid, I, I saw a lot of um, hypocrisy, you know, in the religion. Like um, we ha were forced to do things, but my parents didn't do those things. And... Um, you know, and and we were always told, you know, like that uh, we were anything bad. We were God was punishing us, you know, um, for our bad behavior or even our bad thoughts. Um, just like you know, everything was our own fault, which probably it was. Like you fall off the monkey bars, it is your own fault. Just you know, you let go, but. Um, you know, it was always that God was punishing us. And so I had this terrible fear of God and religion. And, you know, the more I look at it now, I see it was like, it wasn't God. It wasn't religion. It, it was the bad messages or the inappropriate messages I was being given. And, you know, it's like, I started experiencing other uh, people's beliefs. And basically, everybody is trying to be a better person, you know, make the world better and, and better themselves. And how could that be bad? You know, so like, even though I don't necessarily believe in in your religion or my parents' religion or my brother's religion, it's still, there's nothing wrong with religion. It's what we 
do with it. It's how we twist it and turn it to to make wars or make others wrong. So, you know, it's like I have to be open to everything. Anything that's going to make me better can't be bad. It's got to be good because it's progress, not perfection. Thank you. Well, thank you so much, Adrian, and from Florida. Up next, we have Wanda, followed by Christina. Good morning to you, Wanda. Good morning, everyone. This is Wanda calling from Illinois. Can you hear me? Well, anyway. Go right ahead. Thank you, sweetie. Yeah, you know, this is a tough time. Chris is dying from pancreatic cancer. He might have a year to live, but he might not have more than a few months. Uh, And I am uh, standing under a pear tree in my backyard, 5,000 square feet of beautiful property. I have a beautiful uh, three-bedroom home. uh, And in a while, I will have no one to share it with. And, you know, God is good. God loves me and uh, will give me what I need. Uh, And right now, I... I'm uh, talking to God, uh, you know, every day, but I know that uh, I need a person, you know, uh, to share my journey with. And there's people that want to share their journey with me, but they like cheesecake, they like booze, they like gambling, they like, you know, other, other girlfriends. And, you know, I'm, I'm a, a one man woman, you know, believing in a one woman man. And, you know, God uh, is my savior because, you know, I've been abstinent for 37 years and I can't lose that. And that is my foundation. And, you know, where I have to get my strength is, uh, you know, from keeping myself abstinent and hopefully a new partner abstinent and you know I have everything I need right now you know I have to walk Chris through the journey of his passing I was a hospice worker for 20 for 10 years and I know how it could go and you know, that, uh, you know, faith is the most important thing because I've seen people pass who don't believe in God, and Chris does. Uh, but they, the people, those people were very confused and restless, and I was right there with them. And then I was also with Mary Moe, and I sang to her somewhere over the rainbow right as she was passing, and I was alone with her. I'll be alone with Chris for two hours after he passes. And then I call the cremation society. They will pick him Hi, up. Please. Oh, and he will have uh, a good going. Anyway, I love you all, and I need your prayers. So thank you, and uh, God is good. Thank you. Absolutely, Wanda. Thank you so much. That's Wanda from Illinois. Up next, we have Christina. If you folks will give me the last, the last, the first initial of your last name—that's always a tongue twister. That'd be great. Go right ahead, Christina. 
Morning, Jen. Morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of Washington. Wanda, my heart is with you. I've walked that journey. God bless you. Um, never mind the musty past. Here stands a miracle directly in front of my bathroom mirror. It was like five years, and I could say, like the first speaker said, voila, voila. I don't use food today. With God's grace, I don't use food for the uncomfortable feelings, for the jealousy I had, the insecurities, the need for validation, the wounds of abuse, which led to fear or restlessness, a subtle river of anxiety that ran through my body my entire life, taking things personally, projecting my needs onto others, expecting them to fill my needs, petty judgment of others, oh, I was so good at that, putting others down in my mind, and really working to stay busy all the time, running from my pain, running from myself. I didn't know I was doing all these things, really. The food kept it all tamped down. The food kept me sane in an insane way. Oh, and in five years, voila, July 17th, with God's grace, I'll have two years. But at five years ago, I came into vision. So I see there's something at work in my human heart and in your human heart, which has done the impossible. The impossible. Sixty years in living in that crap and that darkness. And I found the 12 steps. And in those 12 steps, as I walked them, I found God. I had him, but I didn't find him and use him. Sounds mean to use God, but God wants us to use him. Walk to him. Surrender to him. Fall into his arms. He's love. I feel that love today. Um, it floors me that I, who is a control freak, <laughs> I, who am in the midst of moving and organizing and packing and doing all these things and trying to make it all happen, that I can sit down and surrender to God because God helped me to stub my toe the other day really, really badly. And he said, sit down. Sit down. Make some calls. Relax. You know, we find the miracles even in the pain. We find the wisdom and the truth that God's leading us through all these things daily life is life you know life on life's terms we're not here to jump up and down and be glorious all the time we have things to do we have people to serve today my true godlike nature is arising every day as i continue these steps i have clarity compassion i love and caring for obese people for people that are suffering i saw a lot of them at the hospital the other night my heart just broke i'm sorry but you can't get that big by not eating a lot of food. I don't know if they're addictive or addicti addicts or not, but I know that's an uncomfortable damn place to be. Uh, today I relax and let God run the show. And I'm so grateful this is uh, something in my heart that has done the impossible. And I'm so grateful for Bill's story, and he can take us back to seeing where we can be grateful. My ideas about miracles have been drastically revised because they're not big, giant things that fall from the sky. They're everyday little miracles like stubbing my toe. And God's saying, sit down. I love you guys. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Christina J. from the state of Washington. Up next, we have Gulda. Is that how I pronounce it? And then we'll have Anita. Yes, thank you, Gulda. Yes, Gulda H. Oh, Gulda. From Israel. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Thank you. I want to share on this. Um, 
I love this thing about never mind the musty past. Here, here's a miracle right in front of me. And um, that's how I started my path back to my religion, was I actually started to, ex I always thought of religion, religious people as really fanatical, like something wrong with them, really. Um, and that's how I grew up with that judgment. But I actually started to experience God in my life viscerally in many ways. And, um, and I did have some white light experiences. And you know what? White light experiences do not keep anyone sober or abstinent or anything. They are a wonderful gift from God. White light experiences is God saying, hello, here's a taste. Here's a little taste of my life. I'm going to give it to you as a gift, and I'm hoping you'll get up and walk towards me, as someone said. Get up and do the work. But the white light experiences go away, and the addictions are still there, unless you do the work. So anyway, I, I found God, and it was all wonderful and hunky-dory until uh, God stepped away. And I, had, and I crashed with my addictions, and I crashed with my food. And I really crashed, and I was face down in flour and sugar, and um, and I was already religious, and I was really actively happily religious, but it didn't matter because I needed the steps. I needed to actually actively work the steps, which really is part of my religion also. But I didn't know how to I didn't know how to do that. So anyway, so these steps are my way to, as people have been sharing, clearing it away the garbage that keeps me blocked from God's guidance and God's peace and intuitive thoughts and God's guidance of how I can be of service and how I can take care of myself better and how to release my character defects, you know? So, and it takes constant work. I, I'm finding that every day I have to do this. I think someone said this already urgently. I really need to stay in 10, 11, 12, like you like said, like my life depends on it. Because my life does depend on it. And for me, I'm multi-addicted, and I won't go into that, but one addiction, if I go down in one, I'll go down in all of them. It's like a house of cards. So anyway, I'm really grateful that my religious life has become alive, is staying alive because I am actively working with steps. And it was a beautiful meshing of my religious beliefs and, and learning and teaching with my practice. And I'm very grateful. Thank you. Perfect timing. Thanks so much, Golda H. from Israel. Up next, we have Vanita followed by Elena. Go ahead, Vanita. Good morning. Vanita L. from Georgia, recovered but not cured. And recovered by God's grace and mercy. Yeah, so um, as most of you know, I grew up in a very strict, crazy, dysfunctional religious home where there was tons of abuse and neglect and traumas. And um, as I've said before, a mother who was, I imagine, addicted to religion. And it, I didn't see it working for the people in the religion I was in, which is one of the big ones in the world. So I think it's losing power. But um, yeah, and though I loved the rituals and the comfort of the rituals and the love of 
you know, the Virgin Mary and all those people. The, um, you know, I threw it all away because it was so associated with pain and abuse. And, um, you know, that church has also had a big dark side and done horrible things like most big organizations. So um, I had to find my own spirituality. And there's such a huge difference between religion and spirituality that I think some people aren't aware of and um, causes a lot of problems. But I'm grateful now to be part of a church that is um, just honors individuality and everyone doesn't have to believe in all, you know, whatever the church says. There's basic principles, but there's so many different types of individuals there. And people are free to think and believe what they want. And as long as it works for them while they adhere to the principles. And that's similar to the 12-step program and why I appreciate the 12-step program so much and the power that it's brought into my life. Thanks. Thank you so much, Vanita L. from Georgia. Up next, we have Elena and then Rita. Good morning, everyone. This is Elena C. from Greer, South Carolina. <clears throat> Thank you so much, moderator, and all the comments. They've been amazing. Um, uh, this paragraph is very touchy to me, and I hear, I read his, uh, the beginning of Bill's spiritual awakening, and that means questioning his own beliefs. He was an agnostic. And he had prejudice against religion. And he goes back and forth about, I'm not, no, there's no God. Yes, there is. What about this? But then in this paragraph, he's got a miracle in front of him, and which is what makes him question his old beliefs very strongly. And um, that he was something, he was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible in the human heart, which is what I, am, I learn I'm carrying my higher power in my heart, in my solar plexus, deep inside of me. And, um, you know, I had many, Abby, well, I had one Abby in another program, which is where I started the 12-step recovery. And that Abby, I was in awe of how she spoke about the, her spirituality and she became my sponsor. And, you know, and when I called him in distraught, in distress, all she did was like, okay, Elena, let me just, let me just pray for you. You know, and she prayed for me on the phone. And it was just amazing. That's just like an amazing peace and the energy of peace and calm and relaxation and hope came over me in that distress where I was so much away from my higher power. And then she asked me, well, why don't you pray for yourself? And I'm like, what? You know, I never learned to pray for myself. And, um, but I did. She said, you can ask God for everything. Wow. For everything. You know, I used to ask God, hey, God, can you uh, help me get an A? And then, you know, she said, why don't you just, just ask God for whatever you want and see what happens. And, um, and then I learned to play, not to pray for, not for um, an outcome, but for the journey and guidance. And so another Abby was somebody in OA at my local groups who 
I spoke with. And then my group itself was my Abbey because I saw miracles in that. And I believe that we can't do it on our own. We need this community of people, a vision, you know, OA, to have those Abbey's experiences and to see how God works in them, how their higher power works in them. And then, you know, I learned that addiction, addiction is, uh, the treatment of addiction is connection, connection. And that's where I meet God through other people. And I can take him, take with me by, when I'm by myself. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Elena C. from South Carolina. Up next, we have Rita Q. Hey, Rita. Oh, hi. Hey, Jen. Can I be here? Go right ahead. Yeah, yeah, you can hear me. Great. Hi, my name is Rita Q. I'm a recovered compulsive reader. Thank you, Jen, for all your service. I really love this paragraph, but I really love that floor me. And that was me. I needed something to stop me in my tracks because I, 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 I ate like bull drank. I had gone down so far. I needed that. That hang on a sec. They they stopped. They stopped doing what I've been trying to control all my life, you know. And then I love what he says is here was something at work in a human heart which had done the impossible. The word impossible there is just brilliant because it's like that's what it felt like to me when I was in the food. It felt impossible. I thought I'd never get out of it. I thought I wouldn't stop hating myself. I wouldn't stop eating. I wouldn't stop hating myself. And it was just like a pinball of emotions all the time and and then and then I suddenly realized lack of power that was my dilemma and it says clearly in the doctor's opinion you're going to keep doing that cycle you know I'm going to keep looking for that effect unless I experience an entire psychic change and you know I had it you know I grew up in in Ireland with a very strong religious background but that that didn't help me one bit with the food because my, my God was a Santa Claus God. You know, I wanted this, I wanted that. I wanted the lottery numbers. I wanted to marry Tom Hardy. I wanted, you know, all the stupid things that I could ask for. You know, but I wanted to keep on eating and just not put on, not put on the weight. But I got up to 380 pounds. I was sick and suffering, really sick and suffering. And, you know, this, is, this part to me is the attraction. This is really the attraction now. Here was somebody who he knew before was a gutter drunk. And now this guy's fresh face sat opposite him and he's thinking, hang on a sec, something, you know, something's happened. So God's done the impossible. Higher power did the impossible and he did the impossible for me. I had a massive spiritual awakening, but as somebody else shared, it didn't stop there. I had to keep searching. I had to keep working, making a decision to turn my will over my life and will over to God is one thing, but taking the action, that's a totally different ballgame. So every day I get up and before my feet hit the ground, I hand it to God because I can tell you it would be an absolute, it would be carnage if I didn't. And I'm just so grateful. I was listening to the podcast this morning and more about alcoholism. I just thought, I'm just really grateful. I'm grateful I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm really grateful I'm recovered because I have an experience of life now that can't be matched by anything. And, you know, I just... Here sat a miracle directly across the kitchen table. There's a miracle sitting here on the sofa, now in Manchester in the UK. This is a miracle. It's a miracle I'm still alive. You know, it really is because I just wanted the food more than anything. And now I just want recovery. I just want peace. 
I want what I have. You know, it's not about getting what I want. As they always say, it's about wanting what I have. And I have, you know, for today, I want what I have. And I'm so grateful. Thank you all for being here. I love you all. Thanks, Jen, again. All right, take care. You're welcome. Thank you, Rita Q from the UK. All right. Well, you guys guessed it. We're in Bill's story. We're on page 11, the fifth paragraph. We're talking about a miracle that floored me. So uh, I'd like to take a list of names of people. We do value everyone's experience. We ask that you limit your share to every third day. That way others might share their experience too. Um, Hi, this is Charles like to... Hey, Julie Julie R. R. Darren. Darren. Julie R. Something W. Say the W again. Rosie W. Ken W.H. And Julie H. I got Julie R. And then somebody was a, it was like a Chris or a Christina. I started to write it down. <laughs> Who is it? Brenda H. L. Loretta H. Brenda. It wasn't a Brenda or a Dara. It was like a Chris. Sorry. I was trying to get Brenda. people in order. Rosie W. Was okay. it that? I got you, Rosie. I got Brenda. I got Julie. I got. Hmm, okay, so Loretta, Dara, we'll try this group. Okay, all right, fast and furious, I'm writing. <laughs> I know Char is Charles, I wrote that, I got that much, brother. So Charles, go right ahead, press star one, share with us, would ya? Thank you, Mama B, I appreciate your service. Um, and, you know, I'll, I will never forget the hospitality you showed me when, when I came to Colorado, I, I gotta say that. And you know, like it, it's just amazing. I got a beautiful phone call yesterday from somebody that's so totally different than I am. But we, like, we had a moment that we it was so beautiful. Um, we shared after the away birthday party. I believe it was the last one that I went to, and it was a few of us, and it was just so beautiful. And 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 she said. That that's her screensaver, and I said that's my screensaver too because it was so it floored me that we could have nothing in common except for this compulsive overeating disease, and we could you know here sat the musty past me uh, of yesterday. I wish you could see me the other twenty three hours in a day, but thank God for this program. Here's that, you know, oh, me, him? Oh, no, not him. Not you. Not the person that's coming on. Oh, no, not them. They're too disgusting. They're too dirty. They, nobody could clean them up. Nobody could change them. But I like to drill down where it says the revised. That word revised, that floored me. Oh, oh, he, he no, not him. I got a preconceived, you know, prejudice means preconceived notion. Oh no, never them. Not 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 them. Ah, no way. This guy is just like well, this woman is like, you know, this guy is a cheater. He cheated on his taxes, he he cheated on when he extorted people. Oh no, not him. But let me tell you, this program can change anybody. I love that word revise. That floored me. Oh no, not him. That that's what Bill was saying to Abby. Oh no, that guy he drank just like me. Oh, he's a bum. Oh no, not him. To the point, and this is for another story, but to the point that he respected him so much and it floored him 
that in later years, right, if you read the books of the old-timers and every story, that he enabled them. And thank God for Lois, you know, talking about, you know, bringing in that program, Al-Anon, which is such an amazing program. I'm not going to talk about it because it's an outside issue. But it floored me. And I just love you guys, man. And I love listening and I love to hear the different flavors on the line. Everybody's flavor makes uh, makes the soup greater. So with that, I pass. Thank you. Oh, thanks, Charles. <laughs> okay, now we have Brenda followed by Rosie. Brenda, what's the first initial of your last name, please, and thanks? And where are you calling from this morning? My name is Brenda H. Can I be heard? Yes, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Michigan. Good morning, everyone. Um, I would just like to say something about the musty past that I had. I've always was raised in the church and believed in God, but I always used to be judgmental against people who hurt me. But today I can say that I am elevated in this program. God gives us miracles of elevation when I when I do what I'm supposed to do with the program, follow the steps and the traditions. And I have seen miracles happen in my life through other people as well. So I'm just asking you all to just 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 stay in the rooms and do what you have to do because no matter where you are in life, there's always elevation waiting on you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, thank you, Brenda H. from Michigan. Up next, we have Rosie W., followed by Julie R. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good morning, Rosie. Thank you, Jen. Um, this is Rosie W. in the UK, compulsive overeater. Um, thank you to everyone doing service today. <laughs> you guys are my miracle. Um, you guys on this line shout glad tidings. Um, you guys on this line um, breathe new life into into what had become stagnant um, recovery for me. Um, and I'm seeing, um, I, I've so appreciated the shares. They've been really beautiful. And I've I've heard miracles right here on the line uh, today, this afternoon. Um, but I've also witnessed some everyday miracles just in my thinking. Um, I was struck when I, I'm on the middle of a journey, but I pulled over to read this paragraph when the meeting began. And um, I was really struck by how quickly Bill was willing to sort of rethink everything he thought that he knew about religion or spirituality. And my first thought was, wow, I, I, that, <laughs> I didn't do that. I was not, you know, it was nowhere near as quick for me. And then the thought came to me and that thought came from God, which was, um, hang on. There was an evening a few weeks in where you got down and you knelt on the floor and you put your hands together and you prayed and you didn't know what you were saying. You didn't know what you were doing. You felt self-conscious. You felt afraid, but you did it. That was that same moment that Bill's describing. It's exactly the same thing. And then I thought, oh gosh, you know, but his willingness, I don't have that. And again, a thought from God came, which was, hang on. You stopped the car. You read the phrase, you, you read the paragraph. You put your name out to share. It didn't get heard. And so you carried on driving and listening to other people's shares. And then you stopped the car again and you got heard this time. And then finally, the thought came uh, thinking about what a miracle this meeting has been for me and the people in it. And um, the thought came, I really need a miracle at the moment. Um, I'm really struggling with my health. There's some stuff going on that I'm finding really difficult. 
and um, I'm constantly swinging back into sort of fear-based self-reliance and reactivity and, and terror, actually. And I was thinking, God, I, I really need a miracle. I need a person to shout glad tidings to me. And then the contrary thought came, how about I'm a miracle? How about I'm able to be in a house full of binge foods and not even know or particularly care where they are? How about one day at a time I abstain in, in entire abstinence from compulsive overeating? How about I actually, even in this sort of reduced physical state that I'm in at the moment, how about I'm a miracle for somebody who cannot stop eating, who cannot stop going back to the sugar or the flour or whatever it is for them? How about even in this state, I have something to offer? And that's really comforting. And those are just everyday miracles, those little shifts in my thinking. So even though I feel like I keep losing touch with God at the moment because I'm in so much fear about my health, uh, the truth is God's always there. I've just got to keep walking towards God. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Well, perfect timing. Thanks, Rosie W. from the UK. Up next, we have Julie R. followed by Loretta H. Good morning, Julie. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie R. from California, but in Oregon. Um, you know, I can remember first reading this paragraph when I came to OA in 83 and it just like bristled me because of that word religion. And, um, you know, because I don't attend church, I don't belong to any kind of organization, but I remember finding one, you know, Google search or whatever, well, not Google back then, but a dictionary, that it was the service and worship of God or the supernatural. It's like, yeah, I can do that. But it took years for me to not get upset when I would read about religious people. But I can look at this paragraph now and say, oh, my God, this whole thing is true because, yeah, I have a God. Um, I am a miracle. And you can, look, you can see that in people's eyes on Zoom meetings now. I mean, it's just fantastic. It's like my creator, who I call God, has drastically rearranged me. I mean, yeah, you know, that paragraph, the body badly burned. Yep, my obsession to overeat has been lifted. I'm maintaining 155-pound weight loss. I don't practice bulimia. But what, what's more important is that my creator loves me and that I have a relationship with my creator. It's not something that's just like far away. It's inside me, outside me, to the left, to the right, to the, you know, top, to the bottom, whatever. Because... I am no longer that person, right? A miracle. What's a miracle? Um, I am not that master manipulator. I don't feel the need that I have to control everybody, everything. I don't have to put people in their place. Cause chaos most of the time because I'm human, and that's why we live in 10, 11, and 12. It's just there's so many things that can happen to us once we do this work and continue to live and grow. I've walked away from relationships that were toxic. I've healed relationships, meaning not I, but through the work. Um, I'm able to handle life when life sucks. I got a lot of things going on, but yet I don't overeat. I don't have food thoughts. I'm in an RV for 30 days visiting my son, and it's a miracle. There's binge foods all in here because my husband's not a compulsive overeater, but I don't have an desire nothing. Um, I don't have to make amends every day like I used to say sorry all the time. I won't do it again. I won't do it again. You know, I've been in OA since 83, but it's just like, you know, when I really, really, really got into the big book, I don't know, 12 years ago, 
thing, that's when the miracles really started happening. So I am just so glad to be here, and thank you. Thanks, Julie R. from California. All right, up next is Loretta H. followed by Dara L. Good morning, Loretta. Good morning, Jen, the Jim, and everybody on this line who is, along with my precious God, saving my life. Loretta H. recovered in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, I've been texting people this morning because of their shares. Oh, my God, I love them. Everyone resonated with me. Um, And I kind of replied with no God, K-N-O-W, no peace, no N-O, God, no peace. And that's kind of where this program has um, taken me is that I know that there is a God within. I know that he can do anything he has, especially in my last six months, what I could not do for myself. And yes, everybody in this room is a miracle. Everybody on this line is a miracle that is recovering today. And I feel so graced. In fact, I realized, and I've shared this, I think I've shared my sponsor's story, my Ebby. She's just precious. She has 48 years in this program. And in fact, her birthday is June 10th, odd or God. I mean, that just floored me the other day when we talked, that Jenny, June 10th is her birthday. And I mean, if that isn't, a God sighting, then I don't think anything else is because as other people, that musty past, my past was very musty, very tortured, very um, just a, a tragedy. And yet it didn't look like that. But eventually I would have um, done what Bill did and probably tried to get that mattress downstairs. And today I have as everybody shared, these miracles that happen and miracles that happen for other people. I'm, you know, I, I, I've been texting people that have had some issues and, you know, they, they've hurt themselves or um, things are really going badly and yet they have faith that everything is going to be taken care of because of the power of God. And so I know it works. It has worked for me for God's grace and mercy, 21 years, one day at a time. And that is just a miracle for a wretch like me. And so I just believe so much in this program, this big book, you guys. Oh, my God. I just, I mean, like you said, I'm shouting. And I do shout. And I'm Italian. My husband doesn't like it. But today I'm shouting the good news. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta H. And up last, we have Dara L. Good morning to you, Dara. Uh, great. Thanks so much for your service. I'm Dara L. I'm a recovered compulsive eater. Um, and in order for me to understand, like, what floored Bill, right? I look back a little bit earlier, um, and it's the fact that, like, here's this other powerless person um, in whom recovery has happened, who's had a spiritual transformation. And it's the, the power of identification, you know, that, wow, someone who is just as broken as me is now free, like has been freed of the bondage of self, freed of the bondage of food. Um, and for me, that has a tremendous impact because then I start to think like, oh, well, maybe, you know, maybe I could get better 
as well. Um, and I think, you know, in the context of when Bill wrote this, when he's talking about religious people, that was the only thing in town, right? <laughs> like it was, uh, it was the bar church for Bill or what, wherever the Oxford group met. Um, and I think for me today, like this is even broader than that. Like, how can I look at, yeah, where religious people are right, but also like, how can I look at where people in OA are right or the other 12-step program I belong to? Like, how can I not come into a space that is spiritual where people have had what I want and then decide that I'm going to do it my way or that the rules don't apply to me or that I don't really have to fully believe or I don't really have to give myself over um, in order to have a spiritual transformation or that I'm so broken that I can't have a spiritual transformation. And, you know, for someone like me who I, I thought I was heartless actually coming into this program, like I'm thinking about I used to Google um, psychopath and sociopath, like on a fairly regular basis, to be like, is that me? You know, like, am I dead inside? What's wrong with me? And so the fact that, like, today I have a capacity to love, um, the fact that today I don't have food thoughts, I don't, you know, I, 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 I'm not a dishonest person. I don't lie. I don't cheat. I don't steal. I, you know, I, I mean, that is incredible. It's incredible. Um, and the only way I could get there was by sitting across the, you know, for me, it wasn't a table, but it was being on the phone with another person who told me about their stories of brokenness and their must be past and believing that like my present could one day become my past. And it has, you know, I am no longer someone who spends my days, you know, binging and purging and starving and over-exercising and lying to people and, and seeing what I could get away with. Um, and being so damaged that I did not care about a single human being and I hated myself and I hated everybody else. And I actually I had tremendous contempt for anyone who believed in God. And my first prayer was actually F you, although it, you know, it was <laughs> the more extended version of that. So today to be able to be someone who has a heart, like, um, it's amazing and it's a miracle and keep coming back and keep identifying it. And I promise that uh, that can be your reality as well. Um, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Dara L. All right, we heard it today. The impossible can be done. A miracle. No earthly explanation for what's happening on this earth or in our lives today. Thank you, everyone, for sharing today. And thank you all for just joining and sitting and listening and being a part of this awesome meeting. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. If you want, get your pen and paper. Here's the share ID for today. It was good. If you want to listen to it or give it out to somebody else, Friday, June 24th, 2022, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. The number is 19,103. That's 19103. We're now going to close. Oh, excuse me. <clears throat> Frog got my throat. We're now going to close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Janice PM please read a vision for you? I would be glad to. Thank you, Jen. <clears throat> Jen A. My name is Janice PM, and I'm from Massachusetts, a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got, see to it that your relationship with him is right 
and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear the way the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.